With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Fast Break Podcast. My name is Brent Bikini, your host. And each and every week here on Fast Break, we like to go a little bit more detailed with our guests from the West Michigan area. It could be from the state of Michigan as well, but obviously all sports related. And today our focus is head football coach. I'll introduce him this way. Peter Sturzma, of course, seven state championships at his alma mater, East Grand Rapids High. Then get a chance to go on to his alma mater at the college level where he played, Hope College, and now in his fourth season there, bringing home the MIAA Conference crown this past fall. He joins us right now. Peter, let's start with that first and foremost. Did you ever in your wildest dreams, first of all, see yourself as a head coach at the college level and then get a chance to do what you just did? You go back to East Grand Rapids and coach there where you played and then get a chance to do it all over again now at Hope College. You know, hey, first of all, Brett, thanks for having me on. And, and that was uh, that's a very unique question, obviously, that I don't know that anyone can ever see. I expected that or even dreamt of doing that. And, and, you know, there's that old saying, you can never go home. And, well, I guess <laughs> I did twice right. and uh, in some way, shape, or form to, to be able to do that. And, you know, one of the things that I've – and I, I talk to our players about this all the time is, you just, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, you have to have goals and you have to have dreams and aspirations and things of that nature. But I also think you got to go like crazy in your own, in your own feet, your own skin, and where you are at this current time. And, and and I guess at the time we're dealing with in our world right now, that's uh, I guess really, really true and accurate that you have to live each day and and, and go like crazy and good things happen. And and I was very fortunate to be around some great people, but to have the opportunity to be at Hope College and and, and coach after I played. Uh, I, you know, I was at the high school level, four steals for three years, did a graduate assistant in Northern Colorado, and then to come back to East Grand Rapids and then go to Hope as a defensive coordinator back to East Grand Rapids. I mean, obviously those changes, you know, sound, they, they were just at the time the right thing for our family and I, and I'll, I'll never forget as Amy and I were sitting in the parking lot of Ray and Sue Smith Stadium at the time wondering, is this the right move to go back to East Grand Rapids? And our daughter Hannah, who's now 20 years old, was just in a, in a car seat. And, and of course we did. And 16 years later, I, I just feel very lucky and blessed to have had the opportunities we've had. Let's start with your career at East Grand Rapids as a head coach and a middle school principal. I don't want to leave that part out because I know you enjoyed that. You enjoy kids, but seven state championships, you take over at a program that had a championship pedigree, obviously before that you played in that program. So you knew about that, but what makes East Grand Rapids so special when it comes to the game of football. Can you put your finger on that? Yeah, you know, and, and, and this has been, you and I have actually talked about this for a long time, and, and, and Mick McCabe from the Free Press, you know, to me it starts with the community. The community of East Grand Rapids is very unique. It's very special. It's, 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 it's a bunch of community members that want what's right for their children, which is a great education, great opportunities. And and, and like, there are so many awesome communities around, not only the West Michigan area, but in the state of Michigan. And, 
And when you have that, that's a great starting point. So you have community support and parent buy-in. And then when you have a tradition like East Grand Rapids, and, and mind you that the school has won over 130 state championships in all sports. Right. And so it's not just football. It's I think the, the, the perspective was always there that we're going to have a good football program, but we're also going to have good students, and they're also going to be multi-sport athletes, which I think is very important. And so, you know, to really put your finger, if you, if you really nail me down on that, I think it's all about the community, the support, and that, yeah, you can still have academics and ac- athletics go hand-in-hand. You can still have your starting uh, right guard in football be involved in the musical or the lead in a ballet like we've had at times. Uh, you know, you can still have uh, individuals on your team that play multiple sports. I think that's unique, and I think that that's uh, that continues to drive. And then, when you get when you get good players, let's let's call it like it is. We had some incredible players uh, in that run. Uh, just as as you you've watched enough high school football to know, when you have a good football team, they takes good players. But when you get good players into a system that buy into a culture and into a into a community situation where the expectations are very high, that's a pretty good combination. When people talk high school football, and you and I are about the same age, you know this, one of the names that comes up is the great George Barcheski, a guy that you played for at East Grand Rapids. When I bring up that name, what comes to mind to you? Well, obviously he built something from the, in the 70s, and, and I would say toughness, and, and that, that chumps from his days of being a Catholic Central. Of course, I played for Barr, and, and uh, you know, a, a very unique individual when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the, the toughness that it takes to coach the game. And, and certainly the, those are probably some things that, you know, that you can't do today in the way he went about it. But, you know, toughness is one thing that comes to mind. But, you know, there's when you look at the West Michigan area, you could say George Barcheski, but you could also lift off about 15 other names of giants in the game uh, of football and high school football and college football around this area. And you're like, wow. You know, we just obviously Ralph Munger just retired, Noel Dean retired, and and you know Dave Durham, and you talk about these guys, and, and now you talk about the guys that are following them. It's it. There's a pretty heady group of individuals. Jim Galvin was on our staff at East Grand Rapids. He won a state championship at Catholic Central. I mean, these are some outstanding individuals that have, I think, laid the groundwork for communities to continue to build on. And now you see some of the communities that are that are developing their youth programs, that makes a huge difference as you develop those high school systems. Hope Head football coach Peter Sturzmer is our guest here on this edition of Fast Break, the podcast uh, with yours truly, Brett Bikita. And one of the things, Peter, that I have to go back and address with you is you talked about your time at Forest Hill Central. You also have a love for hockey. You were a hockey head coach for the Rangers back in the day. Did you ever see this playing out where you were a hockey coach instead of a football coach? (laughs) You know, let's back up to when I was a senior in high school. It came down to a preferred walk-on opportunity uh, to, to walk on at hockey and, and or to go to play football at Hope College. And, you know, it really came down to making a decision at that point and knowing full well that if I wanted to take and pursue that, that, that hockey route, I needed to not, not go to college that year or two and either go to a prep school, which I did look into, a postgrad prep school, or go play juniors. And to be honest with you, it just kind of fell into place to have the opportunity to go to Hope. And, and then when I played at Hope and had the opportunity to go coach back at Forest Hill Central, Tom Walters, who was the athletic director at the time, hired me. And, you know, I had just, just tremendous fond memories of that. But I also realized quickly in those first three years, I loved, loved, loved coaching the game. But I, I was always drawn to the, to the fall season of football. I just think the, the schedule matched up better for my kind of my personality, the 
the one game a week situation as opposed to the, the, the lengthy winter season on weekend tournaments and things of that nature. I just felt like football was drawing me in and, and uh, never in a million years did I think I'd be a head hockey coach and then end up being a head college football coach. It's just, it's just kind of the way it happened. You know a lot of coaches now, and maybe have a better relationship with them now than you did maybe when you were butting heads against them. But guys who maybe were college players got a chance maybe after being a high school coach to be a college coach. I think of Tony Nese at Ferris State, kind of after the fact, but he became an assistant before that for you, Sparky McEwen, now at Davenport. Great success with Creston High, as you know. Um, you can go down the list. I mean, there are a lot of guys that have made that jump from our area. Were they resources to you, and, and did they come to mind when you were looking at whether to take the Hope College job or not? You know, I'll, I'll take Tony. I'll start with Tony. He said to me very clearly, he said, Sturs, high school coaches are going to cheer for your program and for your success there. And I said, well, why? He said, well, think about it. He said, because it validates what they do as a high school coach. So, in other words, I, you know, and I, every time I talk at a clinic, uh, Brett, I always start out with this. Some of the best coaches I have ever met are high school coaches. Yeah. Because they have to take the players that they have in their system or that they're developing from the first and second grade in rocket football and, and doing the, the situations where the varsity kids read to them and they, they play with them in the playground and they do, you know, they do can drive. They do all those things. They develop a program and they develop players and they have to hire coaches that can teach. And so Tony said that the high school coach is going to cheer for you. And I found that to be very true is that, you know, when you, when you talk with coaches around at the high school, and Tony and I actually went back-to-back as speakers at the, at the high school clinic this year. 600 coaches are there at, at our speak, you know, 1,400 throughout the whole sessions, but 1,600 or so at our talks. And it was amazing that the comments were, hey, you're one of us. And, and, and Tony and I have already told us that at the end of the day, it's still blocking and tackling. It is still blocking and tackling. It's still about putting together a great staff. And then when you put that all together, you know what the key is, and that's putting great players into a situation. Kids that buy into a program, buy into a culture, and if you can do that, you can win at most levels doing that. Now, we talked about East Grand Rapids, successful program before you got there, uh, certainly even more so after you left. Where was the state of Hope College football when you took over that program? Because as you know, it had a winning pedigree. But it had fallen off a little bit. Where where was it exactly at as you got in and assessed it? Yeah. So the the first year we were the first year we took over, uh, they had they had just got coming off come off a two and eight season, and uh, you know one of the things that we we just addressed and felt like I, I just felt like it was important was we had to address the individuals that were obviously the players there. We had to, we brought in a recruiting class of course, which was the first class that just graduated. But we had to look at okay, why did you come to Hope? And the answer was typically because of the unbelievable academic opportunities there. And they also loved hope. They loved hope and they loved football, but there was a disconnect. And so we felt like that was the important thing was to connect that why you're here and that it can all be mutually exclusive. And in that first year, you know, we went seven and three, we spun it all the way around. And, and that was a credit to our guys for buying in because they, they, they you know, when you have a change like that, it, it can be a dicey situation. They can have guys that don't, question or that, that don't buy in or they question what's going on and like is this going to really happen is this going to really make a difference and and i think you just have to keep plugging away and keep plugging away and you know i think i remember we were one and three at the time and you and i probably even talked at this week and we were one and three at the time and i remember saying like hey guys at some point you got to just be concerned and you got to be worried about if you just want to be average and don't be around because that's not what we're going to do here and um 
I just think our, our credit to our players and, and our coaches for just continuing to stay hanging in there. And, and when you, and, and then all of a sudden we started to get some gain, some confidence. And then when you have a kid like Mason Oppel and some of those guys that, that, that pop into our program and start to contribute, then you, then, and then you, as you've mentioned time and time again, you see our staff around a lot of the high school games. And, and I always appreciate the support that you guys give us. And I, I really think we wanted to put some relevance back to what we were doing. And I want, I want, I want people to look and say, if they're going to play small college football, the best small college football program in the, in the Midwest is Hope College and the Orange and Blue, and with the atmosphere and academic opportunities and jobs after college, to me, it's a really, really neat combination. Now fast forward four seasons complete. That was, by the way, your worst season at 7-3. and three. I think most people would take that 5-1 second-place finish in the MIAA. But you win the conference championship, the elusive conference championship, in year four. What, was that the plan? Was it fast forward a little bit was it slower than you wanted how, how do you assess it now well it's never as fast as you want i wanted to win <laughs> in the first year Brett. i mean let's be honest uh but you know the, the the plan is always and always will be and continues to be to this day which is how are we going to get better today what can we do today to get better and uh you know we're looking at that approach right now as we're doing virtual spring practice with zoom meetings uh with our players right now how can we use this as an opportunity if everybody's involved in this Everybody has the same circumstances right now. It's what you do with those circumstances. And, and so the plan was always to try to get better each day, to put your head down and go like crazy, because when you do that, again, good things happen. And so, you know, to answer your question, we uh, that first year, there were times when uh, in our first game against Monmouth, we were so overmatched. And it was 40, I think it was 41-3. to 3 was That was a gift. They let off on the gas. And, you know, you learn from those things and, and – Conversely, then you go fast forward to our playoff game and we get beat by Wartburg. You're like, okay, that's what the next level looks like. And so that's our next, you know, there's our next bar. We just saw it right in front of all of us. He is Peter Sturzma, Hope College head football coach. A couple of questions left for you as we move to reality right now. What you're living through, coach. You and I have had this conversation off the air, but let me ask you on the air. If I have to say to Peter Sturzma right now, do you think you will have a regular season, a normal season coming up this fall, what would your answer be? My answer would be this is yes. I think we're going to play the game of football. I think it's going to look different. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I'm going to be honest with you, Brett. I, when I saw Kirk Herbstreit come out a few weeks back and say, I'd be shocked how we can play, I, 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 I really, that disappointed me in a big way because I believe we've all been given a platform for which we speak from. And I think we also need to stay in our lane. And when I say stay in our lane, that's a very early decision to make for something in the fall. I believe in providing hope and positive inspiration for people to say, let's have some hope that we're going to get through this. I keep saying this. We are going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. It's going to be hard. It is hard. But yet we are going to get through this, and I believe we're going to play the game again. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like, and there are going to be, there are going to be people that have way more input on this decision than the head football coach at Hope College. And we're going to do it for the safety and well-being of our players and the people that watch our sport. And, and I have been so impressed with Matthew Skogan, who is our president of our, of our institution, who's leading us through this. It's just like, let's take it one step at a time. We, don't need, we can talk behind closed doors about contingencies and all that, but let's take it one step at a time. And so I'm very, very hopeful that we're going to play. I'm very uh, optimistic. And yet I'm worried about right now here in April is what we can do and do our part have our players do their part, have our coaching staff and our fans and our support systems at Hope College do their part to make sure that we 
continue to move through this very, very unusual time. And so sorry for the long-winded answer on my soapbox a little bit there, but I want everybody to stay in their lane and just continue to take each day as frustrating and as hard as it is because we're all, we're all doing the same things here. We're all in this together, and, and yes, we also have to recognize that we're going to have players in, in our program and people in our program that are directly impacted by this. And I say directly meaning starting with health and well-being of their family. That's number one. Number two, there may be job situations that change. We have to be recognizing that and, 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 and really realizing what's important in life. And so I, I think football would be a great outlet for the wonderful communities to watch again, and I'm hopeful we're going to get there sooner rather than later. That's the present. Now let me end with this, Coach, and it's something that I've thought about, as you know, broadcasting high school football games and covering games locally for TV when you look at the future of this game that we love so much with concussion protocol and declining numbers at the high school level, what scares you most as a head football coach right here today in 2020 about the future of this game? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, but if you were to ask me what scares me the most is the unknown, the unknown and the, and the misinformation that people have out there about the game. I mean, I think I, I heard a report the other day. It's like, okay, it's going to look different. Guess what? When, when, when we talked in the 90s about uh, HIV and AIDS and, and when trainers came on the field, then what did they do? They automatically put on rubber gloves. It was a different way of doing business, right? It's a different way of changing uh, the way we go about our business, the precautions that we take now. And I think the same thing goes for concussions, the, con- the, the, co- the precautions that we take, the equipment that for which we issue has never been better. I think it's changing the way we do business. What, what, what makes me nervous about the game, and this is for any sports, is that we look and we say, well, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. If it, does, if it gets hard, let's just go to something else. Let's just keep jumping around. or let's, We're going to continue to play elite this and elite that and elite this and elite that. You know, at the end of the day, I still want kids playing physically active sports, and I don't care what's – and I want them playing multiple sports. And so what makes me nervous is the unknown or the misinformation. We also may see that this time is a reset for us and a reset for our priorities to say, you know what, let's get back to doing things that are fun, organized, certainly organized, but let's have kids playing outside again and playing wiffle ball in the front yard and that when they do get a chance to go play for their high school team or their middle school team that they're playing for their, for their communities and for the right reasons. And if, if it's an opportunity that helps kids go to college, that's awesome. That's a bonus. But I want to bring it back to, you know, sports are, are an incredible parallel to life, right? You work so hard at something, and there can be incredible uh, victories, and there can be agonies of defeat. Isn't that a lot like life? And you prepare for adversity. And so my fear is the unknown, and I'm hopeful that a reset like this will give us great uh, motivation uh, and, and, and maybe some, you know, some, some momentum in youth sports to say, it's okay, we can come back to doing some of the things that really matter. He is Hope College head football coach Peter Sturzma, good friend. Appreciate your candidness, appreciate your honesty. It's truly been a pleasure sitting down with you, Peter, on this podcast. Hey, Brett, thanks a lot. Appreciate for all you do for the community. Let's all just stay together and just keep rolling through. We're going to get through this, I promise you. This has been another edition of Fast Break, the podcast. We wish you Brett Petita, Peter Sturzmar, Focus. We'll have more podcasts. Make sure you tune back in right here.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.